Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 5th, 2020. I'm teaching a new series entitled Greater is Coming. This is part three of the series. I have a lot to cover today, so I'm, I'm going to get straight into it. The title of today's message is You Are Graced For It. As a born-again believer, listen, I want you to know that God called you from the foundations of the world, and the grace of God is on you to become the man or the woman that God called you to be. You have a grace for it. So let's talk about it. So we've been studying the life of David now. We studied the life of Joseph. Now we're studying the life of David. And you know the story by now, right? So God tells this prophet, hey, I've rejected Saul. I need you to go to Bethlehem. I've, an, I've selected one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. And so he goes and he goes to the town. He asks the elders, where does Jesse live? Hey, his house is right around the corner. He goes to Jesse's house. They have this, this uh, ceremony where he's like, they go through the, the rite or the ritual of the ceremonial cleansing. And he does this with Jesse and what he thinks is all of Jesse's sons. And then, uh, you know, seven boys are there. They go through the whole thing. And then God says, nope, this is not the one, not the one, not the one through seven sons. And then he was like, wait a minute, God sent me here to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. Why is it that God rejected all? Do you have any more boys? We're like, yeah, we have another son, but he's, he's out there with the sheep. Go get him. We won't sit down till he comes. David walks in. David's called out of the fields. He has no idea what's going on. He walks into his house. There's a stranger there. The stranger is a man of God. The stranger has a, a horn full of oil. This anointing oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And then this stranger anoints David to be the next king of Israel. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord, the anointing was on God. What, uh, the anointing of God was on David from that moment to be the next king of Israel. And then after that, he takes off. And so the prophet leaves and David is like, what is going on? I want us today to pause for a moment and just to think about for a minute the life of David. Like, what is it that happened to David? He was out there as a shepherd boy. He was tending his father's sheep. He was minding his own business. And all of a sudden, while he was doing what seemed to be like mundane tasks, what seemed to be like life as normal, God interrupted the routine and God called him into his purpose. Yesterday, we dealt with destiny's child. He was a child of destiny, and so are you. But what does this mean to you today? As we reflect or consider the life of David, I have three things to share with you this morning as it relates to the grace of God. Three things to share with you in this morning. As I get into these three things, I want you now to, to rid yourself of all distractions and to lock in on the word. Three things. Number one, here we go. First point, God is right now and he has always been at work in your life. Let me explain that. God is always working. And so he's always been working in your life, even before you acknowledge who he was and who he is. So God made plans for you before the world began. And, and God, before even whether you know it or not, he has actively been participating in your life every step of the way, even before you acknowledged him as Lord, even on those moments where you rejected him. 
God has always been working. See, God made these plans for you um, before you were born. And then he sent you into the world at just the right time. God then begins to, to work with you, right? He'll send people to you. He'll set up circumstances and situations. He's doing all of this to help propel you into your destiny. And when God does this, he's doing this by grace, because at that point, it can't be based on your performance. You're not even acknowledging him. You're not even acknowledging who he is. You're, God is simply doing it because he loves you and because he, he made plans for you and he's dedicated to those plans. So while God was working with David, while God was working on David, David didn't even know it. David was out there in the fields and God was actually preparing him to be the next king of Israel. And he didn't know it. He was out there in the fields. He was minding his own business and he was being prepared for his destiny. And what was true for David is true for you. God has been preparing you. Look at me. God has been preparing you all your life for your life's assignment. And so maybe you didn't know it. Maybe you don't understand it. But listen, I'm telling you, God has been doing it. He called you from the foundations of the world. And now he's been preparing you what, for what he prepared for you. He's preparing you for the things that he prepared for you before the world began. This is why faith cannot be about you coming up with something. And then saying, okay, God, these are my plans. Let me get my journal over here, God. Here's my planner. Here's my one-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan, long-term plan. Let me put it before you. Faith can't be about you writing all this stuff down that you want and then giving it to God and says, God, I want you to bless it. Faith can't be about what you decided because God decided before you were born. <laughs> so faith is about discovery. It's not about your, faith is about you discovering what God decided before the world began, and then submitting to those plans. Because at that point, when, when, when God reveals to you the plans that he made for you before the world began, you don't, and you start living your life in accordance with those plans, you don't have to ask God to bless those plans. Why? Because he came up with the plans. And so if he came up with the plans, the plans are already blessed. David was minding his own business, and then all of a sudden, boom, God reveals plans. What are the plans? I have called you to do what? To be a king. The king? King of what? King of Israel. Who, me? Are you crazy? Yes, that's what I called you to do. And so, so God will reveal to you what he called you to do. And it has nothing to do with your performance. And it has nothing to do with, with you know, what you did. Even when you rejected him, even when you ignored God, even when you fought against God, God was still loving you and he was still preparing you and he was still sending people to you and he was still setting up situations for you. And he kept telling you, I love you. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And he never gave up on you. He never gave up on me. That, my friends, is grace. That is the grace of God. That, that's amazing grace. Number two, God protected you for your divine assignment by his grace. So not only did God call you, but watch this, he protected you. He protected you. He shielded you and he protected you. I'm going to talk about David, but before I do, let me talk about myself for a moment. God, so I'm, I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn. Oh man. East New York, Brooklyn was bad. I mean, so it was the murder capital of the murder capital of the United States in the seventies and eighties when I was growing up. And so I've been shot at, I've had, uh, uh, a 357 Magnum to my head when I was 11 years old. I've had knives at my throat, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then even in the Dominican Republic, certain things happened and God shielded me and spared me. One of the greatest moments, so I got born again when I was 23. One of the greatest moments of my life was I was in Kuwait. I just got born again. And, um, and so 
it's like the holy i was in a connex for those of you that are military you know what a connex is right so think of a shipping container and you're living in a shipping container and for those of us that lived in those things you know hey we were pretty in, in a lot of cases you were happy to be in a connex so anyway i was in my connex and i'm with god and and this is one of the the first times god like you know the holy spirit is like revealing things to me and it was it was awesome it was it was it was like I had never experienced anything like this, but it was like the Holy Spirit took me back through a bunch of moments in my life where he protected me, right? And it was almost like a movie. It was almost like, it was like picture the canvas of your mind's eye. And it was like on the canvas of my mind's eye, the Holy Spirit was playing my life back to me like a movie. And it was like, do you see, you remember this? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. And you know, yes, I, I, I got shot at or I remember that, or this happened, or I, oh, I almost, I almost, I almost, or this, I was going to get robbed, all these things. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, that was me. I protected you. I protected you. I protected you. I protect. That was me. The whole time, that was me. And I was protecting you for your purpose. And so it was like, wow, God, even before I, I acknowledged God, God was protecting me for my purpose. That is the grace of God. That is completely unearned, unmerited, God protected me for my assignment. Same thing with David. So David was out there tending to his father's sheep. And before David knew anything about being called to be king, David was just protecting his father's sheep. And one time David is out there as a young man, he got called when he was 17. So he was younger than that. So he's out there as a teenager by himself, right? He's there. He has all these sheep. He has a sheep dog. That's it. And boom, here comes a lion. And David fought with a lion and killed the lion with his bare hands. David, same thing happened with a bear. David killed a bear with his bare hands. David did that. Now, he did it by the grace of God. He did it because God was on him and God was protecting him for his purpose. God was shielding him and protecting him for his divine assignment. Now, we don't know. The Bible doesn't indicate that David was necessarily exceptionally righteous or anything. We don't know. We don't know if he had this this great relationship with God. But what we do know is that God shielded him and protected him for his purpose. God protected him before. Why? Because God had called him before the world began. Now, now this type of activity that God does for us, even when we acknowledge him before we acknowledge him, that is the grace of God. It is unearned. It is unmerited. It is undeserved. Matter of fact, it's borderline unbelievable. Like, why would God do all of this for me? Even when I'm not acknowledging him, even when I'm not calling upon him, that, my friends, is the grace of God. God is dedicated to you. He will never give up on you. He is tirelessly dedicated to you. One of the greatest testimonies I heard was, was a person that was, te- was sharing a testimony that, that he, he was born again, but then he walked away from God and God, the Holy Spirit was just like saying, come back, son, come back, son, come back, son. And he got strung out on heroin and he was in a hotel room with a heroin needle in his arm on the floor about to pass out when the Holy Spirit was like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I, you know, I love you, right? You know, I, I love you, right? Oh my God. Like when I minister to people in jail and I say, God loves you. It is the love of God that causes us to repent. It is the love. Of, it is the grace of God that calls us into our purpose. God loves you. And he called you by his grace, not because you're good. So stop all this 
you know, self-righteousness stuff. You can't look down on anybody else when you know that you've been called by the grace of God. You can't look down on anyone else when you know that you're jacked up and God loves you anyway. So you look, matter of fact, if you ever, I'm going to move on to my last point, but let me just slide this in for free. If you ever meet a Christian that is very judgmental and looks down on other people and talks about everybody and says that they're not righteous and they're not holy, that is a person that's showing you with their words and their actions, that they're a baby Christian. Because you can't really know God and look down on anyone else. Because the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. Say amen to that. All right, number three. All right, last point for today, number three. God calls you by grace into your destiny. And so, listen, this last point is important. David did not earn or necessarily deserve the call of God that was on his life. God called him by grace. God calls you because of his goodness, not your goodness. So watch this. Going back to David. David is minding his own business. He was doing what he always did. And then this stranger appeared. And this stranger had this oil. And the oil was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And boom, just like that, he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. He never asked for it. He never pursued it. There's no indication that he ever prayed for it. There's no indication that he had any idea that this was coming. See, like David, you are called for a specific purpose and God's anointing is on you to do what he called you to do. So we can't find any evidence in scripture that David did anything to earn this. And, and that's the same for everybody that's been called. You can't find any evidence that says, well, you know, David was called because he, he did all these things right. At the end of the day, I don't even think it was on his mind. God revealed it to him. And then God anointed him for it. And then God kept them. Watch this. So now this series is about faith and patience. So just like we did with Joseph, I'm going to teach you about David. David gets this amazing experience in this call when he's 17 years old. Well, he doesn't become the king of Judah until he's 30. But he was not called to be the king of Judah. He was called to be the king of Israel. Right? So then Judah and the rest of, of Israel are not reunified until seven years later. So he's 17 when he gets this call. He's 30 when he becomes the king of Judah. He's 37 when he becomes the king of Israel. So there's 20 years in that. And in that 20 years, there's like 13 years of hell that, that I'm going to teach you about, right? So this is about faith and patience. So God calls him by grace. God reveals it to him by grace. And then God had to keep him in the space between the promise and the performance. And God will do the same thing with you. He will keep you. But we need faith and patience. That's what this series is about. We need faith and patience. So let me close by saying this, or let me start to close. Listen, if you look at people in scripture, you can't find any evidence that they did anything to deserve what God called them to do. David was a shepherd boy. God called him to be a king. Gideon was a scared farmer. God called him to be a mighty man of valor. Abraham was minding his own business. God called him to be the father of faith. Peter was a fisherman. God called him to lead the New Testament church. Paul was fighting against Christians. God called him to lead the Christian movement. And in none of these cases can you find any indication that anybody did anything to earn it or anybody did anything to deserve it. When I was growing up as a Dominican kid from Brooklyn, being raised in the Catholic church, the last thing I thought was I was going to be called to be a preacher, right? Because I knew I wasn't a priest in the Catholic church. So to be a preacher, but God, the, listen, the last thing in a thousand years I would have imagined was that I was going to preach the gospel. 
but God called me to do it. God called me to do it not because I earned it. God called me to do it not because I deserved it. God called me to do it because God called me to do it from the foundations of the world. So Proverbs 19 and 21 says, listen, you can come up with a lot of plans, many other plans in a, in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's plans and purposes that will prevail. At the end of the day, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, then you will become the man or the woman that God called you to be. The last point I'll make for today is this. God calls you to do something unearned, unmerited, undeserved. That's grace. But there's another aspect of God's grace. So in one aspect, the grace of God is, is unmerited to call you into something. But there's another aspect of God's grace. The other aspect is that the grace of God is on you to do whatever God calls you to do. When, when David was anointed to be king, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord depart, departed from Saul and it came upon David. And so now David had the anointing to be king. Why is that important? It's because whatever God calls you to do, he equips you to do. God will never expect you to do something that he hasn't already equipped you to do. It would be unrighteous as a father to expect you to do something that you're not prepared for. So his, his instruction is always equal to his injection, meaning that he will never call you to do something that he hasn't already injected you with. So God calls him to be king. God enables him to be king by grace. There is a grace of God on you to, to, to accomplish whatever God has called you to do. So you get the call by grace. You get the empowerment by grace as well. So no matter how big your assignment seems, now, no matter how unqualified you feel, you got to settle in your heart that God called you. He called you by grace. So the call is on you and the grace is on you to perform it. So your confidence has to be in him. You have to believe that God, if you want me to do this, now listen, God, they say I got to have this degree. I don't have it. They say, I got to have this experience. I don't have it. They say, well, I'm supposed to have this money. I don't have it. So you're calling me to do something. You're calling me to fund a project I don't have the money for. You're calling me to walk in a, in, in a level that I don't feel like I'm equipped for. But if you call me to do it, then you got to make sure I'm successful. And the grace of God is on you to do it. You have the grace to do it. There was a grace available to David to become king. There was a grace available to Peter to become leader of the church. There's a grace available upon me to, to become who it is that God called me to be. And the same grace is available to you. Your confidence has to be in God. You, and if your confidence is in God, it will be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. You will have faith and patience because you know that God called you. He equipped you. He prepared you. He shielded you for it. And now he is empowering you to become who it is that he called you to be for such a time as this. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Today, this message was was solid. There was a lot of meat in this message. This may be one that you need to watch again. You got to get this down in your heart. God protected you by grace. God called you by grace. God has equipped you now by grace. It's not about you. It's all about him. I want you to, to declare this over your life. Say, Father, you made plans for me from the foundations of the world and you protected me for my divine purpose. Even before I ever acknowledged you, you were there for me before I ever called upon you as Lord. So there's no way that I could ever earn or deserve your call. When I think about it, I'm overwhelmed. So I will never cease to give you praise. I enter this day knowing that your grace is on me to do what I'm called to do. I pursue my purpose with a bulldog tenacity. 
operating in faith and patience, relying on you, Father, every step of the way, and living this way, I keep saying, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you don't have my notes and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I want you to go into this day knowing that you're grace for it. The grace of God is on you to do it. You're like, Rick, I got a big meeting. I got a big you know, engagement. I, this is a huge stop. The grace of God is on you to do it. The grace of God is on you. God has empowered you for such a time as this. The grace of God is on you to do what you could never do without God. So go out there and do it and do it by the grace of God and have your confidence in him and not in you. He will give you the words and he will perform the work. Leave me some comments in the chat. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. And I will see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.